0: Hey everybody, welcome to Weekly Dish, yo. Weekly Dish. Uh, thank you for joining us this Saturday after uh, Valentine's Day, and I uh, hope you guys felt the love this week. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of love. I felt like a lot
1: of people got flowers, yeah. and people cooked dinner. People said
0: restaurants were jammed, which is great. One couple made
1: uh, little, those. what are they called, the purse pastas? Not is it Enioloti? Oh, Enioloti! Yeah. yeah, one couple made that, oh, and I cute. thought that was cute. I liked following Instagram and seeing what everybody did.
0: Yeah, that was very sweet. I I uh, I like the families who do the fun stuff for each other, and you know, it's kind of always sweet. I think that's great. Um, so anyway, it's time for top two in hour two. Giving the old oh, one, one two,
1: one two, and now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two.
2: Pick your best two in
0: hour two. All
2: right, give me right. two, winning, winning.
0: All right, this is the time to show you guys that we talk about the two things that we are each sort of obsessed with this week. Yes. So why don't you start? Um, okay, so on my
1: quest of eating all the Valentine's Day chocolates, yes, I ended up getting some bread from Patisserie 46. I got a lot of chocolates from there too, but I'm going to talk about the bread in particular. They okay. have two kinds of bread. Yeah. They have a baguette and they have the special Patisserie 46 baguette. Yeah. That Patisserie 46 baguette with a little bit of sourdough in it was revelatory. Really? I ate so much of that bread by myself. I ate half of the baguette before my guests even came for dinner. Yeah. With butter. It was so good. Like I love a good baguette. The chew on it, the texture of the outside like the crackly, crusty, but then like the inside being soft but not too soft, chewy but not too chewy and the little bit of sour. Yeah. It was so, so, so good. I loved that baguette. I I will like go out of my way to buy that baguette for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. It was so good. Wow. John and was Cross, that Patisserie 46 or, yeah, or Rose Street?
1: Patisserie 46 or Rose Street Patisserie. But they also have them at Patisserie 46. You're sure? Because yes, I just want to make sure. I'm positive. Okay. It's like their house. It's like okay. his version of a little bit zhuzhed up baguette. Okay. And it's incredible. Okay. I
0: loved it so much. You did. Yes. I love that. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's really strange. So it's going to be too. Very That's my weird. next one's weird too. Oh God, everything's weird. So I learned about something last night from the teens and I thought I should talk about it. It's called. What was the band
1: that we learned about from Jake? Remember the guy who wears like superhero uniforms?
0: Oh, Yes. We're that not gonna, was good learning. It was good learning. But this is, I, if I talk about that right now, it's a whole nother thing. So let me just go on this. But that, you can't just say it because now people are hanging. Ninja Sex Party. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Danny Avedon, Ninja Sex Party. They have the best covers. Like if you think that the Weezer cover album is good, they have nothing on Danny okay. Avedon and Ninja Sex Party. Okay. But what I learned from them last night was there is a new craze called Batsu. Batsu is basically a Japanese competition uh, game show, okay? And what they've done is, and this is where, like, this is a whole subculture thing that I want to present to you guys as much as I possibly can so that you all are are in the hip sphere with all of us. Um, Apparently, it it has turned into a thing where there are packs of teens across the country playing this game in which it's basically like a rock, paper, scissors sort of group thing. And then it's like a competition. So you could like, do the whole thing. And then when you get down to two people, the loser has to eat a punishment. Oh. Yeah. So if you're going to lose, you want to lose early, is my point. And the But the, if you want to win, you get to pick the punishment that the loser has to eat. So like you have to eat hot Takis and Cheetos. Let me just or... say that we made punishments last night after visiting United Noodle. And there was some uh, spicy fermented radishes that were mixed with uh, like Ramune soda pop. And then there was also pork pate added into that. And it was the most disgusting thing. It looked like cat food. It kind of looked like barf. And Ew. it was, my house smelled so bad. And that was the punishment. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta go. I go, I can't watch you do this. I literally can't. But I'm just saying, maybe you should be aware. I mean, and sometimes it's like, it's not as bad of a punishment. I mean, it is a punishment, but it's also like, sometimes it's just like a really spicy ramen dish or something. Or sometimes it's That's like, funny. they crush up Cheerios and then make mix it with like, Hot sauce. You know what I yeah. mean? But I'm just saying that this is a thing. Batsu.
1: Okay, Batsu. Batsu. So I have a kind of weird thing, too, and then I have a bonus. Okay, I have a bonus, too, but I... Okay, go ahead. I don't really know how to say this I don't um, either, because I don't think radio, you can. So I'm going to spell it. Okay. Because there's words we can't say on the radio. But right. this is a TV show that I have fallen upside down in that has given me so much joy over the last couple February dark sick weeks and that is uh, S-C-H-I-T-T-S is the first word. And yeah. the second word is Creek. Yeah. And it's a show on Netflix and it's out of Canada. It's not on
0: Netflix. It's on TV. It's on, it's on regular TV though. It's on pop. Oh, it's but on pop. But they have the old episodes on Netflix. Okay. 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 There's five seasons of it. Okay. Cause each I episode, actually saw an
1: episode this week. Each episode Wait, is 24 so. minutes long. So it has changed <laughs> our nighttime viewing from the pickers Or the Alaska show or Forged in Fire, which is what I was having to watch before bed because we like to watch like a half hour or something before we go to bed. And so we've moved it to this other show, which the first name I can't say and the second name is. Let's say Plitz Creek, but with an S H. We're watching Plitz Creek. Yeah. It is so funny, charming, cute, sweet. Chris Elliott as an actor. I don't know if you guys remember that show that Chris Elliott was in. It was yeah. like
0: oh, it was the Chris oh, Elliott show. Wasn't Chris it? El- yes, that guy is so funny. It's he funny. funny. He's funny. He was and, in something about
1: Mary. Yes, and Mary with all the grossness and stuff. And uh I can't remember the name of the guy Eugene, with the thick uh, eyebrows. G- Eugene Levy.
0: Eugene Levy. Like and their son classic David Levy. S C T V people.
1: He they write it together. Yeah. And their daughter's in it. It's just cute, sweet, hilarious, good—like thirty minutes at a time watching. If you're cooking
0: dinner, it's yeah. funny. Catherine so. O'Hara is one of the undersung comedic like geniuses, geniuses in like this world.
1: Madeline Kahn genius, yes. like
0: the way she has this fake accent
1: all the time. Like, I... <laughs> oh David, yeah.
0: Like just the way she talks makes the, me laugh. The premise is that these are super rich humans who basically lost everything and had to move to a town. It, where in which that was their last called holding called Plitz Creek yeah called Plitz Creek with a S-H and it was a uh, and they live in this seedy ho- hotel yes. like they've they've lost everything but they still have all their heirs
1: and they're trying to rebuild themselves yeah. and it's just hysterical it's pretty
0: good it's good funny I love that you watch that
1: oh and I have my bonus but you didn't do
0: your second one so well, do your second one well my second one is this article um, on Thrillist funny enough which I usually hate Thrillist you guys they have the worst lists they they're do are all cheesy but the, the, the thing (laughs) that you're gonna say is great because their best list right now is 10 crimes you're committing against cheese so they're actual cheese crimes what kind of cheese crimes are you committing a lot of people commit a lot of cheese crimes you guys like one (laughs) storing your cheese in plastic wrap yeah i don't do that that. i know know. but it's bad
1: they wrap it in wax paper
0: i know well and that's it like and basically if you buy it in plastic unwrap it and put it in wax paper you can buy cute little wax paper bags. I have tons of those, by okay. the way. Um, eating it straight out of the refrigerator.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to let it let come it to room sit. temperature.
0: Throwing the rind in the garbage. Save all your cheese rinds. And what do we do with them? We, we put them in minestrone. Soup. No, we don't make like, minestrone. Like, what other soup can you, you put make them in? Broth, you make a broth, but you make a cheese broth with them. Oh. Like, you make the broth that then is a beautiful structure for any soup.
1: Okay, because I do throw mine away. Don't I'm like like Who wants to away. make minestrone? In fact, will
0: you please save them and bring them for yes. me?
1: Yes, I will.
0: Really hard cheese. Parmesan is great for that. Okay, uh, topping with accompaniments before trying the cheese by itself. This makes me crazy. When I see people who cut into a slice of a beautiful block of cheese and immediately put all the honey and stuff on top of it without even trying it. Like, oh, what are you you doing? You don't get to be in charge of my cheese. I'm just saying you're making a mistake. (laughs) You're not even like you're basically eating honey and then using it as a cracker. Yeah, sometimes you need just a vessel, no, to get that honey into your mouth. Buying too much cheese at once, I'm super guilty of this. I get very excited and I buy all the cheeses and then I don't and then I'm like, "Oh, this one is going bad fast." That's when you make macaroni
1: and cheese. I know.
0: Okay, buying pre-shredded cheese, do you buy pre-shredded sometimes. cheese? Sometimes. I am guilty of that Sharp only cheddar. if I do it for like, you know, like yeah, or- if I make them for nachos and things like that, but do you know that they do coat those shreddies with a sort of a chemical? That makes them harder to melt. That's no. the funny part. I know. No. They're a little rubbery because they are. Uh, they have a declumping agent in them. Gross. I don't want to buy cheese with declumping don't, agents. So don't buy shredded cheese. My thing is just buy a block and shred it yourself. Good to know. Okay. I did not know yep, that. I know. Um, and also, their last couple ones, like using the same knife for every cheese... I mean, right? Putting your cheese in the freezer. This is a big one for weekly dishes because I know that people like to freeze things on their way up to their cabin. Please do not put feta or mozzarella or anything else because the water in them f- will form ice crystals and they'll change the texture and the flavor of that cheese. Yeah, you par- can
1: freeze shredded cheese packets though. Like if it, there's there's like five for five bucks. But that's what I'm saying. That's because there's chemicals on there that's not good right, for but sometimes if you get a good deal and you throw them in the freezer they're fine
0: and then the last one is don't cube your cheese because of the surface area it's better to have a larger flatter surface area than it is to have a thick you know cube and this is again you get more flavor with your surface area okay so there All you right. go that's my favorite I just love that article I was like yes cheese crimes yeah. okay
1: this is a bonus weekly dish and this is I, I want to aspire to do this the growler has come up with a really sweet list, Land of Ten Thousand Tacos, and they have a map and they have plotted all the delicious tacos on it that you're supposed to eat. They're missing few. I'm just I tell I you suspect that right now. for sure. Any of these lists can never be as comprehensive, nope. right? So they've got uh, Anamale's barbecue on there. They've got um, all the places on Eat Street. They've got Central. They've got El Burrito, El Taco Riende, Homie, which is over in my neck of the woods, uh, La Blanita. a lot of these places that maybe you wouldn't be familiar with. So we'll put a link to the Land of 10,000 Tacos map and you can eat your way through tacos until April.
0: I might be working on a taco story, too. So I have to tell you that I have some other things that are not on here that I'm excited about, but I'm not talking about it yet. Given that news, I am going to tell you that it is Restaurant Week next week. Yes. And we oh, have I, just shouted. Sorry, I know you people. did. Uh we have a giveaway for you guys. So we're going to give you guys uh I think we have a $100 gift Smack certificate Shack. to Smack Shack. Huh? Guacamole lobster guacamole of life. I love it. So if you guys are caller number 10, uh call in right now 651-641-1071, you get to win food dollars. Food dollars for you. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some mushrooms with a very fun guy. (laughs) We'll be right back.
2: You're a maker. You're a hero.
1: It's time for the Maker's Moment, a visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius! For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome to Weekly Dish Maker segment. We are here with Mike Kempennick. He is the, we just call him Mushroom Mike. In fact, I was like having to tell the security guard what your last name was. I'm like, it's Kempennick, but you can just like say, Mushroom Mike." Close yeah, I'm gonna make sure. Um... There you go. I couldn't <laughs> tell if his mic you was can on or say not. I
0: have a like a better. Person.
1: I know. I'm sorry. I was just I couldn't tell. So, uh, Mike, you have been on the show before, but it's been a number of years. It has been a while. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so welcome back. Thank and in you. the meantime, since you were on last talking about foraging for mushrooms, right. I think we had you on talking about morel season. You have made a mushroom tower in the Kegan case market that is, I think, like one of the signature visual things in that entire market it is incredible.
2: Well, I love to hear you say that. We, we think so too.
1: How long did you like conceive of that mushroom tower in your brain?
2: You know, we were just, I was just having a conversation with Craig Cohen, the developer yeah. of Kegan Case here last week, and we were both sort of lamenting, gee, it's been four years since yeah. we started with that concept. Because
1: you so, feel, I feel like when I was talking to Craig a long time ago, that you were like one of the early people in Kegan
2: Case. Yeah. I mean, Craig was a really amazing guy to sort of hear what I laid out to him and not, Snicker, yeah, you know, and go. I love that idea, you know. Um, yeah,
1: so the mushroom tower is in and Case. Uh, you can buy mushrooms there, you can see the mushrooms growing, you can, you guys are doing classes there, learn all about mushrooms. The
2: store is called
0: Forest Fork, right? Right. So, you want to make sure that we know that that's the name of the place, yes, Forest
2: Fork. And we, as you mentioned, we grow mushrooms in a 14 foot glass tower there. And we sell lots of different wild food products and uh things that are ramps that are yeah, <laughs> will be, be there be in soon, the spring. Right? Yep, yeah. But uh I guess the way I like to think about it is I'm I'm a guy who likes tasty food. I would like to eat healthy, but I'm not like a you know, focused on the healthy. Yep. And I, I like a lot of what we carry because it just happens to be healthy, but it's super good, super well, yeah. tasty.
0: And so this healthy thing that is sort of carrying this trend, which is the trend for, uh, one of the hugest trends for 2019 they've talked about is mushrooms and people cooking with mushrooms right. because it's a substitute for meat and people are trying to eat less meat in their lives. And they're trying to be healthy. But what's interesting to me is I'm, I mean, I'm on board, I, I but I'm going to put meat with my mushrooms just to be clear. But, <laughs> but what I love about it is this move could help fuel really the cultivation of unique mushrooms that we haven't seen before and bringing to market. There's so much more than the creminis and the little stupid packaged baby bellas that you buy. Thank you for saying. That. I mean, well, this is what needs to be said, right? <laughs> like if you go to Forest and Fork and you Forest and Fork, you see just how many kinds of mushrooms that can be brought into your cooking sphere. It's kind of crazy. Yeah,
2: at any given time, we typically have about anywhere from twelve to twenty different species of mushrooms we grow. Um, usually. Four or five different species at the same time.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so we have some really interesting things in there now. We have ling or reishi, which is a highly prized medicinal mushroom that's typically used to brew a tea. But it looks very wild. It sort of looks like antlers going out. Oh, yeah. Orange and white. And uh, we have maitake growing in there now, or hen of the woods, which is a uh, one that's not uh, easily cultivated. So we're really is
1: that b- the lobster mushroom? No, that one. That one can't be grown. There's, okay. You
2: know, we grow what are called saprophytes, so they consume dead wood. Is there a food source, lignin and cellulose? So anything that's a saprophyte, we can at least attempt to grow. But things like a lobster mushroom or a chanterelle or a morel or mycorrhizal mushrooms. Unfortunately, they haven't cracked the, uh, the code so on So nobody that can yet.
0: grow morels? Like well, they, a, they are. They're trying? They're
2: sort of kind of growing morels in China. I say sort of oh. kind of because they they're not growing them in a controlled environment. They're being grown outdoors, and they're essentially sort of helping them along. Okay. Um, and we we actually did get some mushrooms and some fresh morels in that we've had at the store the past couple of weeks that came from Tibet. Um, same sort of a scenario where they're being cultivated outdoors, they're kind of being helped along, but it's not yeah. a predictable sort of thing like we do. Wow.
0: So
1: I'm seeing so much like mushroom jerky and just dried mushrooms yeah. as flavorings and are, is that um, something that you're
2: excited about? It is. It's something we're actually pursuing now on a, a couple of different product lines, whether it's, you know, coffees or cocos or, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, the mushroom
0: uh, uh, coffee is, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot under chaga, we have chaga mm-hmm. there now. Um, and a lot of this, uh, to me, like I said earlier about being tasty, but it just happens to be healthy. It's kind of nice because like chaga tea, super healthy for you, mm-hmm. doesn't really have a lot of flavor, a little slight woodsy notes So you can make it taste however you want. But you're you're really getting a, a huge amount of, of uh, micronutrients and great things for your body. And the same thing with mushrooms. I mean, um, to your point, I love meat too. Um, but I have to say, some mushrooms. Uh, I mean, if you put some of our shiitakes in there, which I promise are not like shiitakes you might find at grocery stores around town. Yeah, you would yes. be hard pressed to crave the meat because it's probably so true. Meaty. It's mm-hmm. very dense. It's very the, the texture is very meaty, um, and I think people are are often surprised, as you said, that they think of. White buttons and cremini and portobello, which, by the way, for, for everybody who doesn't know, are all the same mushroom. They're the same mushroom. At different stages of growth. Yes.
1: Right. Cremini's uh, and baby buttons. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, what about those baby bellas? Is that the same mushroom?
2: The baby Bella is just a little Bella, which is just, <laughs> just a little white button. The the white button and oh the cremini are just a different strain of the exact same species. Yeah.
1: Gosh. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That, sorry, just yeah. blew my mind. But okay. do you remember when it was like the Portobello mushroom burger and everyone was like, oh, like, oh the rich Portobello? I'm like, yeah, let's move on yeah. from that. I, yeah, because I, I always that. buy yeah. the baby
1: bellas thinking they're better than the white creminis. But if they're no, the same, same mm-hmm. Same different oh, same time. hilarious. Yeah. Okay. In fact,
2: you probably get a, a, a deeper flavor profile with a cremini than you yeah. would a portabella.
1: So. Yeah. I really <laughs> like mushrooms, but I'm kind of intimidated by them if I had to be a hundred percent honest. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't know like how to cook them or what to have them in. You guys do cooking classes and actual classes that I think help people because like I am a kind of person that I should take a class because I think I would really appreciate the knowledge I would gain. Yeah,
2: And it's nice. I love having the store because it's really, it is a classroom, right? I mean, everybody who comes up to buy mushrooms there, unless they really know what they, you know, they've been there before and they really know what they want. But that's almost exactly what the conversation is. It's like, well, what are you going to be using it for? Well, I'm thinking about this and that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we can suggest, well, here's some mushrooms you might want to use and why. Um, But you really shouldn't be intimidated. I mean, it's a number one question. Well, what do I do with it? Or how do I cook it? And and the the response I always give is the, the exact same thing you do with all of your other mushrooms, only you'll have... A much tastier A mushroom. A much tastier thing. <laughs> right.
0: Let's just be clear. Just sauteed in butter. Yes, <laughs> let's, I, you know. let's just be clear. Let me give you the best recipe for any mushroom. Butter, hot pan. Yeah. Done.
2: Butter, shallots, and thyme yeah. are probably thyme. the, the and that's. The- the three, yeah. Kind of the whole oh, and that's issues. how
1: I love mushrooms. Yeah. So why aren't I like getting better mushrooms and having better yeah. mushroom flavor? Yeah.
2: And for people who don't Asking think myself. They like mushrooms, I mean, we, as you mentioned, we go around and do these classes, and some of what we do are with young high school students, and I love going in when you when you start. I ask how many of you like mushrooms. And I usually get one hand. One hand. And then we talk about mushrooms and we cook some mushrooms. Everybody tastes mushrooms. And at the end of the class, I ask, how many of you liked at least one of the mushrooms you had? And usually every hand will go up. Oh, that's great. It is. uh, It's like saying
0: I don't like cheese. Like there's too many different kinds of cheese. There's too many different kinds of mushrooms to to exit a category.
2: It's like saying I don't like vegetables. Yes, exactly.
0: Come
1: on. (laughs) Um, You have a lot of mushroom things coming up and we'll put a link on the Weekly Dish show page, but you're having a mushroom dinner. You are having a, a Hootenanny foraging event. For Black Morale. Yeah. That's going to be in May. Um, you've got a St. Patrick's Day mushroom dinner coming up at Harriet Brasserie. I love that place.
2: Fernando's a great chef. It's going to mm. be a good time.
1: It says classic dishes with a twist to accommodate specialty wild mushrooms and exotic produce. Yum. It's early. It starts at four and runs to eight, so right. that's great. So you can do that and then have a
2: little. You can go out and have a couple, right? That's right, right yeah. for your
1: St. Patrick's Day. A wild food dinner at Dakota Jazz Club in late April. That sounds fun.
2: Really excited. Have not done a dinner with Dakota before. They've been yeah. a, a very a strong client of ours for a couple of years now, and and I'm really excited. To I see, think I might do that, yeah, Derek Moran. Yeah. yeah, good yeah.
1: stuff. Um, uh, as we wrap up. Uh, you never know, like when the mushroom morale. Let's just talk about morales sure. for a second. I have all this property in the woods. I've never gone morale hunting. I don't even know. Should I like just take a class or go with someone so that I can get
2: it down and then search on my own? You can come to my class gratis. And then, yeah, <laughs> you just go on out there. That I'm and, sorry, you know. I wasn't begging for an <laughs> no, invitation. I'm, I'm, but I, I, I just, I wait, feel right. like
1: I must have these on my property it's, somewhere. It's the
2: easiest mushroom to go look for, honestly. All you're looking for is a, is a dead or dying elm. And yeah. if you don't know what an elm looks like, just go look at every dead and dying tree you yes see. Yeah,
1: this is the best way to do it. Yeah, because yeah. they're growing on the dead elms. Okay, they're right
2: around them. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if climate change is happening and the elms are dying, are we worried that then morels will be compromised?
2: Um, no. Uh to answer your question. I mean um, mushrooms in general are are some of the oldest living organisms in the world. Yeah. And I have absolutely zero concern over okay. whatever climate change is. And that's
0: might be. in a weird way another reason that I that they're being looked at as a food source. Absolutely. More. I love that. Mm-hmm. All
1: right. So it is the Forest to Fork is the store. It is Mushroom Mike. Mike Kampenik is the man. Uh we will put a links where you can buy tickets to a lot of these events. And I just really appreciate what you're doing at Keg and Case, and thanks for coming in.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me, ladies. Enjoy we'll be
1: it. right back.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. That was so interesting. Mushrooms are so interesting to me, and they're so under misunderstood. Yes. Because I do think people feel, well, it could poison me. You know what? Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That poisoning is overrated. I know. I, uh, I have lots of mushrooms on... Uh, Our property, but I don't eat them because I feel like I can't. Yeah. And who is the other guy? Uh, Alan Alan Burko is the,
0: and they're kind of, you know, I mean, like... One is the, he's the forager chef. Yeah. Alan Bergo, he does not have a store or anything, but. He just does the but, wild
1: foraging. Yeah,
0: but Mike does a lot of great, you know, stuff that reaches out to the public and stuff. So that's really great. I love it. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, we have an interesting thing that happened this week in with the Instant Pot. We did, remember, a lot of you guys were there. Um, if you were part of the Instant Potter group, you understand that we did. Um, I'm trying to find my right one here. The Instant
1: Potter group is Weekly Dish Instant Potters on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. It's 4,500 people strong. Yeah. If you have an Instant Pot, you should join. It's just regular people like us that are cooking in the Instant Pot. People post fails. Someone the other day was like, can I cook eggs without putting them on the trivet? Yes, you can. Uh, How to do perfect rice. Um, If you just have an Instant Pot and you want to learn more about different types of recipes, that's where I think is the best place to go. Where is it? Weekly Dish Instant Potters. There it
0: is. Okay. Okay. And it's on Facebook is my yep. point. So just to be clear. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about something that we had, we've been talking about for a while, which is the fact that we wanted to do more sort of uh, global cooking in the Instant Pot. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, so last week on the instant in, uh, in the group, I put a note up about that. I was going to try the famous butter chicken from the butter chicken lady, which of course is this beautiful woman named Urvashi Petre, who is You guys, a scientist by day and a cook by night. Oh, that's cool. That's the perfect combination for you. I know. And I love the fact that um, there was, uh, she's just a really interesting person and she's, and so you and I had spoken because one of the things, Indian cooks have been using pressure cookers, Uh stovetop pressure cookers forever. And that's why we see a lot of these Indian pressure cooker recipes for Instant Pot because they're just, it's a quick it's the same recipe. It's a few little tweaks here and there to make it friendly for the actual Instant Pot. But it's so easy because it's part of the culture anyway. And the reason that a lot of the Indian cooks are really grasping onto Instant Pot is because it just cuts down on the number of dishes. It's yep. simple, it's convenient, and it's one pot cooking for them. And here, so you said, but let me Before we get yep. to the actual recipe, I do want to talk about something that's really interesting because this is something that we talked about before and urvashi really talked to food 52 about it and she was saying how the thing the reason that we love the there's something about indian cooking too that is less about uh using the saute function right because a lot of people um worry about using the saute function and then okay let me start this way there's something called the maillard reaction do you know what that is no It's a a web of chemical reactions that happen between amino acids and carbohydrates when food is cooked, making it smell and taste great. It's those two things. It has to smell great and taste great. Okay. And it is often, you know, mixed with sauteing that browned crust idea, right? When we think about that, that's the Maillard reaction um but this uh what happens is that it can happen that's usually when it happens but it can happen without sauteing and it actually is um better if in a, because in temperatures in the pressure cooker um you know it takes it can reach that reaction without doing the brown crust. Okay. And so there's sometimes where you can't, you're not, you know, it's like a soup or whatever, and you're not getting that, but they're saying that this, there's a lot of things that with this, um, the pressure cooker, the boiling point of water increases as the pressure rises. And at about 230 degrees, that's definitely high enough for the Maillard reaction. So okay. this is why, um, It's the superheated water that creates the reaction. And so basically you don't have to use the saute function. A lot of people think you do have to saute everything before you cook it. A lot of the Indian cooks are saying you don't. And in fact, you don't even need as much water because a lot of your vegetables and things that are in there already have water content in them. Right, And so then they're saying that you like, you're getting a more increased flavor profile and a better result. Okay. I just wanted to get that out there because that's something that we've talked about before is that, Cause the mistake that they're saying is that taking the moisture out of the food by searing it and then adding plain water back in. You don't need to do that is the point. So you
1: tagged me and Mm -hmm. said,
0: we're going to talk about
1: this instant pot recipe uh, for butter chicken in the instant pot. So I was like, Oh, I better make this butter chicken recipe. I do love Indian food, um, but I don't cook it very often, but I love curries. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to make this. Yeah. The, I liked this recipe for the reason that I could put the chicken thighs and all the spices and everything in the bottom of the pot. And then I did my first pot in pot. Okay. So then I put another stainless steel pot on top of the trivet inside the instant pot and did my cup of rice, cup of water. I put a little bit of fat in there. I put some butter. And so I made my rice at the same time I was making the butter chicken and yeah. the sauce. Yeah. That was new for me. That and was like, new. Whoa. Revelation. Yeah. Now, the recipe itself, I didn't love. I, have you made it? I have made it. Okay. I felt like it needed two cans of tomatoes because I didn't feel like the sauce had enough tomato acid consistency. It also called for a stick of butter. I don't know if you needed a stick. I think a half a stick probably could have been okay, too. And I'm not afraid of butter. I don't
0: know if it called for a stick. It
1: A whole stick was what I put in there.
0: Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. So it said, okay, for the, okay, not for the rice. Wait a minute. For the butter, it was four ounces. Okay. Which is the
1: equivalent of a stick of butter. Yeah, four
0: ounces cut into cubes. Okay. So
1: I put a whole stick of butter in there and then some cream. And some
0: cream. And then I, you cook it
1: all with your chicken. Then I took my rice pot out. Then I took my chicken out. And then I immersion blended it. Mm -hmm. And that was when I discovered that I needed that extra can of tomatoes because I just felt like the sauce was really thin.
0: Oh, okay. And it did thicken up
1: by the time I served it. And what kind of...
0: Did you use... You used a can of diced tomatoes? Yes. Okay. And did. I ended
1: up using two. Oh. So if I was going to amend the recipe, I would use two cans of tomatoes. I'd use probably two tablespoons or maybe even three tablespoons less butter, but the recipe was great.
0: Okay. And I, I loved it. I don't feel like... and then, And I'm just wondering... I'm just thinking about the sauce, and I made this, but it's not like... It's not supposed to be swimming in sauce. It's not supposed to be... In my mind, it's a sauce, like Indian cooking sauce is stuff that just basically clings to the meat and sort of gives the rice a little bit of, you know, body. But it's not like it's not like a marinara sauce in my mind.
1: Our sauce was too thin. It was too Even thin. Even to after on the immersion, chicken. blending it and adding that extra can of tomatoes, it was still thin.
0: I, that's so strange to me. It got
1: thicker over time. But then here's the best part. So I had all of the. You get a lot of sauce. I had all this sauce left over. Yeah. Like a huge mason jar full of it. So last night I had a piece of halibut. Yeah. And I seared the halibut on one side, turned it over, put like a cup and a half of that sauce in the pan. Yeah. After I turned it over, that was yeah. like better than the butter chicken recipe. Oh, really? It was so good. So, the sauce for you was the sauce now it had thickened up. Now it also thickened up with the cooking of the fish. Yeah, so it's it's reducing a, you little, reduced bit. a little bit.
0: It was incredible last was night. Not very thin at all, I guess. I don't understand that difference. I, maybe I put too much cream in because I didn't, I you had didn't cream in a cream? mason jar,
1: so I didn't measure it. Oh, maybe. But I used like a half. I used like. Did you what kind of cup. cream did you use by the way? Heavy whipping cream. You did use heavy whipping. A cream. cup. Okay, because it was about the equivalent.
0: Um, it's four ounces. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so I felt like, and
1: again, I would do make this again. Mm-hmm. It was great. And did you
0: have all the right
1: spices and stuff too? By the way. I cheated on one. I didn't have gram masala. I had masa el harut. Okay. And then I had just ground curry powder. Yeah. So I kind of cheated a little bit there.
0: And I was just going to say a lot of people can. I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of also one of those things like when you're making, you know, whatever kind of sauce you're making, it's kind of whatever you like. I think that's the area that you can like when we're talking about intuitive cooking, too. Changing those recipes by the spices levels is your easiest way to find something you love and to feel confident, by the way.
1: I would say, too, if you're keto or paleo, like I always eat Indian food on sautéed spinach. So you could have put a whole bag of spinach into this recipe, too.
0: Yeah. If you're not eating rice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't eat a lot of rice, you know, that way either. But you're right. I totally would. Um, Do you know that a lot of people said that they also wanted to um, call out the Indian or the tomato soup recipe that she has? And this is a tomato coconut soup. Yum. And if you are not into, and I have not made this, this is what I'm going to make actually tonight. Um. So I'll put a, a thing up about that. But that is about full fat coconut milk, canned tomatoes, onion, you know, cilantro, ginger, garlic, a little bit of honey, and then turmeric. And that sounds delicious. I know. And honestly, you guys, it's like ten minutes. Like it's kind of like you cook it on high for five minutes. Then you allow. It's like you put everything in. You cook it on high for five minutes, you allow it to sit for 10, release, and then that's it. What you
1: have described to that whole recipe you just said out loud yeah,
0: is basically when we're in
1: the Caribbean, that's what we cook right. because we have one pot cooking on a boat. Yeah, you do. So, And you don't have a lot of proteins down there. No. So you end up cooking with a lot of beans, mm-hmm. peas, rice, yes. and we just make all these kind of curries with turmeric, ginger, whatever spices they have, yeah. and a can of coconut milk and some tomatoes and... That's what we make down there. Yeah, pretty much every night because there's
0: no stock. You know what I mean? Like it's right. like that's the point. Is that and so it's just kind of like it's just a nice, different, uh, tasty soup. Different way of looking at things. I guess I I love that about that.
1: Um, make oh, it for your kids too. Cause yes, like I I re, like Ellie was exposed to so much cooking through traveling. Yeah, that my nieces they don't travel as much and they just their palates are so white bread you know what I mean like I'm like no we're gonna try this we're gonna make something different like you're gonna like it
0: um another thing that a really great way to get your kids to like maybe spinach if they don't like it have you ever had palak paneer
1: uh, you, with the cheese, yeah, you can yes. make
0: that in the instant pot, Yum. you can make the sauce for it, and it literally you guys is so simple it 's basically and you take cashews and make cashew milk, so it's dairy free well the pollock is the paneer i'm sorry is uh is cheese, but um basically you make but you this sauce basically is like cashews with um you know oh, I guess it is milk it 's not. But uh, using ghee also, which is clarified butter, is very you know key to a lot of Indian cooking. But basically you put all this stuff in and you it's this huge sort of uh, spinach, green, bright, flavorful sauce over cubes of cheese. That's it. Like your kids, if you just tell them it's cheese, I mean, it's almost like a mozzi stick, but so much better.
1: I'm having a dinner party on March 16th and I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to make. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm going to do an Indian You should. Meal.
0: You should. And you should make, you know, this this kind of the palak yeah. paneer and then do, um God, the tomato. I would do like tomato soup. I could do the butter you chicken. You could do butter chicken.
1: And then I could like get shrimp or fish and do the butter chicken sauce with a protein like that. Yep. And then do naan
0: and the accoutrements, the toasted coconut. I would also tell you that dal, which are lentils. Mm. You know what I mean? Yum. Like that's one of those things that I used to crave. I don't know why. And so I would make this. So anyway, I found some Instant Pot doll with split peas because yeah. I like the green split peas better. And I think it calls up like the split pea soup of my childhood. Yes. But it's different. And there's some Instant Pot. I might do that one, uh, too, because it's you can. And if you like put in some, you know, herbed yogurt on top to me, that is there's nothing better.
1: Kurt's favorite recipe to make in the Instant Pot is pea soup. Oh, wow. He makes it all the time.
0: I love it. All right, that's it, you guys. That's our Instant Pot uh, discussion about Indian cooking. So I guess we're pro those yes, recipes. We're sure. going to put some of them up and uh, we will be right back. This is a Weekly Dish. Hold on. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. It's been a great day. This was a great show. Yes. We had a fun time. So I was,
1: it's sort of reflecting. I was started out the show by saying I'm not going out to my favorite restaurants as much, but turns out we are cooking quite a bit.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it goes in balances. I mean, it's, it's hard. I don't want... Um, you know, I don't want restaurants to feel the pinch too hard. No. And restaurant week's
1: coming up. Can I just ask you quickly? MSP restaurant week. If you haven't done it, it's lunches are typically $15 dinners are 30. They're multi-course affairs. It's a great way to try new places. It's low risk and they really put their best foot forward. Well, are there some
0: that you're excited about, stuff? Yeah, we did. I did do a PICS blog, so I can put that up for you guys. Um, and it is really interesting. Um, some of the great stuff. I clearly am craving soup, like all of us. And there's so, I picked a bunch of places that have great soup. So, you know, some of the new ones that are in the group, uh, Free House is new this year. Oh, nice. Yep, the Lowry in Uptown also on board. Uh, Octo Fish Bar, they have a $35 dinner, you guys, that includes a chilled seafood tower.
1: Okay, Think about that. That's amazing.
0: Sweet chow. There you have a bunch of $20 uh, banh me party. Oh, you know? I like
1: sweet chow, and they do that Asian food really well.
0: Right. Um, I'll tell you a couple interesting things. Betty Danger's, you know, they've switched. They're no longer Tex-Mex. Help me understand that, because
1: I it's not my favorite because of that. So I know. what are they doing now? So
0: now they're kind of doing this American classic country club standard. Yeah, that'd be so great. That would be right. Like, you know, they've got a French dip. They've got a turducken style pot pie. Okay. I like that. That's kind of fun. So you can go there and they've got a $25 dinner. So that's pretty easy to go and try I'd that I'd like out. to check that out. Yeah. Uh, places like Commodore by you, they are doing some classic stuff for $35 dinner. Yum. You know, you can do like lobster deviled eggs, bistro steak. Those
1: lobster deviled oh my eggs God. are and they have amazing. A
0: Boston cream pie. Nobody has Boston cream pie, you guys. Oh, that's delicious. I know, that's at Commodore for 35 bucks dinner. Um, El Burrito, of course, they're doing a $10 lunch at El Burrito, you guys. That's great. I know, and that's like crazy. It's like, you can get chilaquiles and fish and some chips and like, and with churros for $10. I love chilaquiles. That's nuts. That's at, my weakness. El Burrito. I know, I do too. Um, you know, things like Esker Grove, which is a place that maybe you haven't been in a long time. $35 dinner. They've got pork terrine. They've got roasted chicken, pan-roasted skate. That's they've got a the great, Walker? Yeah, that's at the Walker.
1: So how about a great day of going to like have lunch and look at some pretty
0: art? Yeah, that's what I think. Um, one of the things I thought with Layla, you know, a lot of people thinking about office groups, like when you're out for restaurant week. Fifteen dollar lunch there, you guys. They have a ton of options. Like it's basically, you can get ceviche, and then someone else can get the pork dumplings, and then you know someone else can have. Oh, nice! They have like a ton group of dining. Yeah, so that I think is a really great deal, t- and it's fifteen bucks. Great, like literally, so good. That's in Bloomington, in the Sheridan. Yep. And uh, the Lex is on. Did you know that the Lex is doing restaurant week? No. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What are they doing? So they have a $35 dinner. I mean, and you know, you can start with a big lux salad. And then I like the fact that they have the whitefish a la Gorbachev on there. Yeah. And they have a steak Diane. You can choose if you want. And then I like chocolate the steak mousse Diane. cake. I know. It's you good. do love the steak Diane. I think that's good. Um, here's what I love. The Moto I actually, I think I'm going to take the kids to the Moto I because it's, uptown. it's $25 for dinner. And they are doing, they're starting with shaman mushi, which is like an egg custard with pork belly in it. Okay. So delicious. And then they have the uh, takoyaki, which is the octopus balls we talked about earlier. And then they have a ramen dish.
1: I think you're Asian underneath all that white well, skin. Well, I have a
0: definite, <laughs> total need for Asian food. It's so funny. And Japanese the, food. Being German, I know. I'm not kidding you guys. When I went to Japan, I felt like my soul moved. Yeah, my like people. I, I have been Japanese at some point in my former lives. That <laughs> I think has so. to be true. It really does. One of the other things I want to make sure there's, uh, I didn't get this in here, but there is. Um, up at Pig Ate My Pizza, don't forget they're part of restaurant week too. And I love the fact that they're just, you know, kind of up there doing their own thing. So I yeah, just want to shout them out. Yeah. So that's kind of some of the fun stuff happening there. I'm going to put the Pix uh, blog up on the Facebook page too. So that's a good thing.
1: Um, I think this is a topic, not to like uh, hype our second helpings podcast, but yeah. I'm going to. We're going to have a podcast where we talk about uh, American Craft Spirits Week that happened here. But I, you haven't talked about Demi yet. Right. I haven't talked about that. So Demi. I think we'll have to have a second helpings about that because yeah. Stephanie got the opportunity to eat at the Gavin case and restaurant. I'm very
0: curious to You're see right. about that. You're right. And I had, I wrote a blog piece that had a lot of feelings. Okay. So let's, so
1: let's, we'll let's discuss later. Uh, okay. You can always subscribe to our podcast at podcast one or wherever you get your podcasts it's just a weekly dish and what you get is you get hour one of the show and hour two of the show in case you miss it but then you also get what we call second helpings which posts throughout the week which are extra content that is not on the radio show
0: right very true hey i wanted to let you know a couple things that do you know that uh, minnesota nice cream which is the cute little like glitter ice cream place they're going to open in still water the glittery summer. everything's opening in still water water is so hot right now the glittery uh ice cream yes um, also letting you know that, uh, if you are thinking about what you should be doing right now, today, this afternoon, if you go to the Winter Farmers Market in St. Paul over at the Market House, it's indoors. You know where Octo Fish Bar is. Mm-hmm. And they are having a pop-up. There's a guy, Chef Ben Allen, who is from El Norte Kitchen. I am preoccupied by his burritos. I just tell you what. There's some great burritos. There's a burger. I'm sure it's sold out because he opened at 10 and it's almost 11. And there was only 20 of these burgers, apparently. So I think you're kind of SOL on that. But nonetheless, there's uh, carne asada fries and burritos and good stuff over there. Yum. I know. Um, have you been to the Velveteen in Stillwater?
1: We got a note here on Facebook that it's apparently delicious.
0: Yes, I have. And I've had some great cocktails. And they actually have... Music, uh, Thursday nights. But they also have a special dinner coming up that I will find out and tell you about. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Um, all right, you guys. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, it was Cooking and having a great weekend. And hopefully you found all the love you needed. See you next week. Ciao, ciao!